This is the Mickey Miles and More podcast. Your one stop for information on Disney races, Disney vacations, Disney theme parks, and more. Now, here are your hosts for the Mickey Miles and More podcast. Michelle Scribner-McLean, Chris Eliopoulos, and Mike Scopa. Welcome home, Milers, and welcome back to another episode of Mickey Miles and More, a podcast where three friends talk about Disney parks, the Disney races, and whatever else comes up. I'm your host, Chris Eliopoulos, and with me, as always, is the Dr. Michelle Scribner-McLean. Michelle, how's the weather out there? Oh, it's lovely and covered in plumes of pollen everywhere. We're just, I would love to, like, get a look at my lungs. They're yellow. I'm sure they're yellow. As is everything else around here, right? Yeah. But, Chris, I have ordered my two newest books. I haven't received them yet. One is I Am Dolly Parton, and I don't know, I don't, until I'm just saying this now, I don't think I realize that the second one is called I Am, I Am, <laughs> Tay. Right. I Am, I, I Am, I Am, Tay. Yeah, we laughed. We said people would think we were studying, stuttering when we uh, told them what the book I was. I Am, I Am, Tay. So yeah. I can't wait to see, that has cutouts, right? It has a pop-up it's section. Yeah, pop-up. So there's a point where you open it up and you're at the Louvre and the museum pops up and then the pyramid pops up as well so it's the first time we ever did that which is kind of exciting and fun and something interesting congratulations how many books now i think we're up to 28 28 books gosh yeah we're still going drawing oh i know i'm sitting here so those just came out this week i've already worked on we're, we're expanding outward to do stories that change the world and the first two characters we're doing are batman and superman That'll be out in September. And then I'm actually working on Wonder Woman right now. But the next two heroes are, I'm John Lewis, civil rights pioneer. Nice. Yeah, he actually came and spoke at at commencement one year. Yeah, amazing guy. Um, And then I am Temple Grandin, uh, who is a scientist who I'm sure you are appreciative of and readily admits that she's uh, autistic and has been a spokesperson for the autism community so it's our first autistic hero and we've been already getting a lot of feedback from people really happy about that one so that's great that one i think is more for the parents than the kids but thanks anyway Plus some other guys here. here we call him the dean of disney the biggest disney fan i've ever known mike scopa hey mike hiya pal oh boy i can hardly wait for i am mickey mouse I was gonna say i didn't know if that was a cross between mickey mouse or the guy from carousel of progress like no yeah. privacy around here <laughs> I didn't know Mickey Mouse had a Boston accent. Yeah, right? <laughs> Pulled it to the floor. That's crazy. So just to give a rundown today, we're going to do some updates from Mike on the doings around Disney World. And then we're going to step into the waters of posting that went kind of viral this past week and about weddings and Disney and fandom it was, it was twitter but yeah you're on the right page. actually it started on reddit it was a reddit oh thing yeah, that went yeah down, you're right, and you're then right. it got a, i even saw it on um on different websites people were kind of checking in mm-hmm. about that and discussing it so i thought we could do that but mike first give us some updates on the doings the happenings at disney world so some of this may be old some of this may be new to people but we haven't been together for a while so i just thought it'd be good to go over some of the things that have happened in the last week or two. First off, interesting development with the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is that the uh, cast members are now handing out vomit bags to the guests because some of them are getting sick as they exit the attraction and it brought back memories of Mission Space. I don't know how many of the listeners know this, but Mission Space was planned to be built in all 
Disney theme parks around the world. But, you know, they gave it some time to make sure that it would be well received. And because of the stomach distress issues that happened with uh, Mission Space, I believe the other plans to uh, build mission spaces in the other mission space attractions in the other theme parks around the world was kind of cut cut down. So it's interesting that they are uh, having this issue. And I don't know if it's because people are uh, going on that attraction with a full stomach and they're not used to the way that the ride vehicles move. You're not, it's a very smooth roller coaster ride from what I've heard and what I've been told. But the way the vehicles move back and forth, I guess it's something that we're not used to as uh, guests who ride roller coasters or thrill rides or things like that. So have just your friends who've gotten sick, because I haven't I haven't heard of anybody. The only thing that keeps on coming up is it's so smooth, just as you said, right. but I haven't nobody's told me that they've uh, gotten sick. I had friends who went on for the annual pass holder mm-hmm. uh preview and they all said it was a great it's a great attraction you mm. just hope that you go on while the video screens are working mm. is it is it it's, it's pretty is it more like a, a roller coaster we've seen in the past or more like those mag things like i know like no, i have a tesla more of a roller coaster and people when they're in my car some people claim to get car sick just from that type of because it's an instantaneous movement and it's smooth and it throws them for a loop. I wonder if it's the same kind of thing I, I as think opposed Chris, to just a crank up a yeah. hill and come down. And It's up and down from what I've seen. Up and, and down and around. It's not a loop. There are no loops as far as I know. But uh, it goes backwards. And it, it starts backwards. off to go backwards. And the vehicle figure, uh, picture yourself in a vehicle similar to maybe a dune buggy, but a little bit wider. And as you're going up and down it's moving from side to side at about a, so I think it moves up to 180 degrees. So as you're tilting, so you're really being hit with all types of visual and audio. What's the word I want to use? But yeah, so I think that, I think it's one of those things where you don't know what's going to happen. You've never encountered it. So you want to be careful. And it sounds like the yeah. Gringotts ride. Have you been on that, Chris, in Harry Potter land? Yeah, yeah. Because it's got screens and you're moving and you're moving in different directions. It's yeah. one of those things where you really don't know what kind of an impact it's going to have on the guests until you actually open up and start doing it. I know that they, I had heard that for the Twilight Zone Terra, there was one plan, one set of engineers decided that they would like to try putting video screens in the chamber as you're going up and down so you would see things but i don't know if there was a scientist or someone who they consulted with and said you know the brain's not going to be able to handle that while you're going up and down because you won't be able to focus on on the visuals so anyways that's something that everyone should be aware of so if you are ready to go on the guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind i would go on with an empty stomach and a barf bag yeah, in a, in a box bag. <laughs> yeah. What they used to say in the, in the studios when it first opened, not no, don't go on the tower for at least an hour or something like that. <laughs> after we, you know, and, and sticking with the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, Chris, the Lightning Lane slots filling up rather quickly within 20 minutes of the 7 a.m. bell. They're, they're, they're selling out real fast. So it's a pretty popular attraction right now. We'll see what happens as we get through the summer. So that's... that's uh, a couple of things are coming back online. I may have re- reminded everybody of this way, way back, but Hoop-de-doo is back. 
And what's nice about the Hoop-to-Do review is that it's not that much more expensive than it was before it closed. That's always a, a fun thing to do for the family. So that's coming back online. Also coming back online is the new Nemo show in Disney's Animal Kingdom. It's called Nemo. Big Blue and Beyond it will incorporate some of the old songs from the, and maybe even all the old songs from the original show and, and some new ones. There's all kinds of technological advances that we'll be able to see some type of special video screen in the back. So that's something that I think everybody's looking forward to. Something near and dear to your heart, Chris, the mini vans are coming. They're going to be back online around the last week of this month. And, oh, I thought uh, I saw somebody posting that they already had seen them. Well, they've been possibly, but they're not supposed to come back till around the 29th. They're doing test runs like they did initially when they first came out with them. Yeah. And, and as far as I know, I don't believe that the trams are working for any theme park other than the Magic Kingdom. And, and if, if I'm wrong, please someone let me know. But I haven't heard of the parking trams on the Animal Kingdom, the studios, or Epcot being back online. So we'll see. So that's something else going on. Apparently, there's a plan to this summer have a lot of meet and greets characters at the, the Disney Resort Hotel. So that will be interesting. And I'm wondering if that has something to do with giving access to characters for those guests who have decided to stay on the property. So that's kind of neat. Mm -hmm. There was a little slip up this week and there was a, a leak that indicated that the Splash Mountain refurb, the, the switch over to the Br'er Rabbit stuff to, to was, is Frog the, Princess Frog. Princess Frog. Mm -hmm. uh, that's mm -hmm. how much I know. Uh, it's probably, I have a feeling that Splash is going to close sometime mm -hmm. after the summer and it's going to reopen with the new theme in 2024. They, they expect it will take two years to do that. So in the meantime, there's been some complaints that a lot of things are broken in there, but You're just letting it go. Just yeah, I think they're letting it go. There are some interesting developments with Blizzard Beach. There have been some noise about that there will be some additions to Blizzard Beach in terms of theaters slash show stages. So there may be some some entertainment coming to Blizzard Beach. I wouldn't want to go to a theater if I was had a wet bathing suit on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're probably trying to get more people there, maybe. Yeah. The, the last thing I want to mention is that, and I don't know how many people know this, this is specifically for people who are annual pass holders and also for those who are annual pass holders who are DVC members as well. If you are an annual pass holder and you are not staying on the property, you are limited to five park reservations at any one time. As you use one up, you free up another one. Now, that can wreak havoc if you are looking to be there for a long time and you may be shut out of a theme park that your family's going to. So I want people to be aware of that. But at the same time, there's also something that I noticed this week. If you are an annual pass holder and also a DVC member, you actually get five reservations plus two bonus reservations. So how do you use those? As far as I can see is that you have those two bonus reservation options on the day of the park that you want to reserve and maybe the, the day after. So you're limited to 24 hours. So for instance, if I have used five and I want to use one to, for tomorrow, I can book it maybe 20, within 24 hours. Again, th this is just stuff I just discovered, Chris. So 
you know, take it with a grain of salt. Things are always changing. Just yeah. like Michelle mentioned earlier about the, before we went on the air about how the COVID protocol for the Disney cruise line is changing, but that's another yeah. story. Yeah. Everything's in flux and you can never really tell. Um, yeah. Like I said, I went this week, I had to do some promotion for the new books and I had to go to the city and it was just, it was very random. Like the car service I took from my house to the city, they asked for a mask. I got there. I went to go in and get a coffee. They didn't require a mask. And then I went into the Penguin Random House building. They required a mask. So it's sort of, it's very, you don't know what the rules are. So I would definitely, if you're going down to the Disney parks or going on a cruise, try to keep up and check in with the, the parks and, and with Disney themselves to make sure what the current, most current rules are. But um, what makes it very hard, I don't want to speak for Mike, but he's trying to coach a family member about pretty much their first trip as an adult to Walt Disney World. So going by what it used to be and what it is now and the uncertainties, it makes it, it makes him want to pull his hair out, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah because if, if you haven't been down and you don't realize how the spontaneity is gone and how the planning is, is even more important, even yeah. some, even things like securing a rental car. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely a time for more planning if you haven't gone in a while and you're going. But let's shift gears. There was a, a message posted on a Reddit board, and it was eventually taken down after a lot of pushback. But I figured I'd read it, and then we can discuss, because Michelle and I started talking about it offline when we first saw it. And I think we're on opposite ends of the spectrum, and I don't know where Mike is on this. But so can, can, Before you read it, I just yeah. want to say, to me, they're two parts that are interesting. The first part is the part you're going to read. And the second is the person who posted it and what their research is around this. Okay. So to be too academic, but I think whether we talk about it now or later, I think, yeah. I don't know if you followed through to see some of the things that this person wrote about Disney and their research. So anyway, Oh, that cool. Was I want to hear that part. I don't okay. think I got that part. So okay. you can take over on that one. But so the title of the posting was AITA, which means am I the a-hole? For not having catering at my, and she writes, my, she's a female who's 28, and my fiance, male 30, just got married two months ago, and we had our dream wedding. Everything was perfect, and I mean everything. My parents and his parents helped us pay for a great chunk of the wedding, so we would be debt-free, and we are so eternally grateful for that. The issue arose about a month and a half ago when my aunt started posting on Facebook about how disappointed she was with the whole or, whole ordeal and a few guests sided with her. Background, my fiance and I are huge Disney fans and we travel to Disney World as much as we can throughout the year. Disney is such an important part, not only to us, but also our marriage. The issue was with our decision to not offer catering services slash bar services at our wedding due to routing the money towards having a wedding Minnie and Mickey make appearances at our special day. That was a very awkward sentence. The cost to have they, both- they are, they are a wedding Mickey and Minnie, I guess. Right. right. Dressed up in wedding clothes. Right. The cost to have both Minnie and Mickey for a good chunk of time, 30 minutes, So that, but she later indicates that it's two 30-minute things of appearances, was almost exactly what our parents allotted for our catering budget. So we scheduled an appearance during our first dance and our wedding photos for going served food though there were plenty of facilities at the venue where people could eat. My parents were still very supportive of us, but everyone is, everyone else is being passive aggressive about it on Facebook. She clarifies to those asking if the guests were warned, we clearly outlined in the invitations that there was food available 
at the venue. We didn't exactly spell out every, every restaurant's menu, but it was certainly mentioned. There were also vending machines available throughout. And then she goes on to say it was about 2750 per 30 minutes. So it was over $5,000 for the two sessions. She didn't clarify initially in this post. I'm assuming that it was at Disney World. So it sounds like it was Destination Wedding and that there were venues where they could go get food somewhere around there. So Michelle, I guess the first, do you think they were in the right in this? Or do you think the aunt and the other family members that are pushing the buttons were in the right? Well, I would first say that this type of wedding would not be my choice. But I think if people are getting married, they should have the type of wedding that they want to have. It's a day you'll remember forever. Mm -hmm. And I think that if that was their choice and something that they had their heart set on, I don't think it's that big a deal. I mean, what would it be two hours without food? <laughs> you could eat ahead of time. And people, they were told ahead of time and they had the option to say no, if it was something that was really important to them. I don't think it, you know, it's the norm in terms of what most of us have gone to weddings and it's usually catered, but weddings are really expensive. And I think it should be what the bride and groom wants or the groom and groom or bride and bride, whatever type of wedding you want to have. And whether if they were told about it and if there are venues around there and people had a choice of whether or not to go, I don't think they should be um, attacking the, the bride and groom, especially on Facebook. Do it. First, first I, look, person. <laughs> I, I, I think we're in agreement in that part. Like I, I'm not a big fan of publicly shaming people for their choices. And if you're unhappy, you talk to them, you don't publicly air it. I, I think in the age of social media, people tend to do that anyway. They tend to want to broadcast every waking thought and, and disagreement with somebody. So I'm in agreement with that. But um, Mike, I, I never heard your take. What was your thoughts about this? First off, I think that a lot of problems like this uh, does not necessarily pop up if people are told way ahead of time what to expect. I think expectations sometimes uh, are unrealistic and what happens is that you have complaints afterwards. So if they have, if they had mentioned to the, uh, were specifically telling everyone exactly what to expect, this is going to be where the venue is. This is going to be how the food is going to be made available. And all that was told way ahead of time. I think that's half the battle. I would assume that anyone who would have a wedding at Walt Disney World would say to the groom and the bride, uh, would say to their guests, no gifts. You know, you just being there is our is your gift to us. So I think letting people know what to expect, just being very specific about the venue, being very clear as to food and drink and what's available and what to expect. I think that's half the battle. The thing that really was amazing is the vending machines. I just, when was the last time you went to a wedding with a vending machine? <laughs> Anyways, that maybe that's a clue to where it was. I don't know where it was. Yeah, uh, yeah I was actually thinking about it. I, don't, I think that probably it was, um, we, have, we should talk to our friend who works at Disney Weddings, but I they have a lot of weddings at, do they call it? not lookout points, that's at the Polynesian, the place near the boardwalk where there's a ton of food around there. I don't yeah. know about vending machines, but you could go right across and have a pizza or a margarita, whatever you want to do. But that, that little gazebo area, they have a ton of weddings there. So I don't know if that yeah. impacts. So you, you really haven't landed the on the side. You haven't there. landed on the, the bride and groom or the, the, you know, yeah. the cranky aunt. But you know, what do you think? The thing is, Michelle, I mean, you're, 
number one point, which is should be right up there, is that it's their wedding. They do what they want to do. To have Mickey and Minnie there twice, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm talking with our friend who does, Karen. I mean, that's that's rare to have both Mickey and Minnie there. Usually you have Donald or Daisy or whatever, but to have both Mickey and Minnie there twice, that's pretty cool. Again, that would have to be at either Walt Disney World or by Disneyland. And if the groom and the bride want something like that, it's their wedding, sure. It just, you have to lay out everything. When you are clear, you should have a small number of people who complain. And from reading the post, it sounds like there were only a few people complaining. Another person could have complained. We came all the way to Walt Disney World and you didn't have Mickey and Minnie at your wedding? <laughs> What's up with that? Well, I, well, look, I stand on the other side of things a lot. Number one, I hate destination weddings. I think it's very hard to ask people to spend thousands of dollars and their time, vacation time to go to a destination. But some family members, you're so close, you you have to do that. And I understand it's what the couple wants and, and you have a choice to say no. I mean, there are definitely points where if somebody's close enough, you have to go. But here's the thing. Um, I always think of a wedding as a celebration that you're the host. You're inviting people to your home and saying, we're having a get together. We'd love to, you to join us. And can you imagine somebody saying, I'm having a party at my house, come at eight o'clock. There are vending machines outside <laughs> if you want. Like, I remember when I was getting married, they had said, what do you want? We had to pick out the food and it was a whole thing. And then the big thing at the time was, do you, is it an open bar or a pay bar? And that was the big question. And, and I had said, no, we're, we're gonna cover that. We're gonna keep it an open bar for everybody there because I wanted my guests to have a good time. I, I wanted them to celebrate with me. And I felt the least I could do is provide a welcoming place for them. Some people like to elope. I've had family members that just like, I wanna go somewhere out there. Nobody's invited. I'm gonna go get married in the desert you know, with two witnesses and that's it. And they are so welcome to do what they love to do. And I don't fault this couple for wanting Mickey Minnie. It's something that they love and they enjoy. I, I think though, that if you're already asking people to spend thousands of dollars and travel down to Disney for a wedding, you better treat them well, treat them like your guests. That's my take on it. I think, I don't like the idea that you Bark about it in public. If you had a problem with it, you should just not have gone and be done with it. Maybe it was, maybe they're local. Maybe they live in Florida and they had it at Disney and people went there. And so maybe it was cheaper. But I always feel like a, a wedding is, I know you say for the most part, it's for the, I tend to think it's for the couple to invite the people that they love to celebrate with them and provide a party for them. The other interesting take on this thing though, was the backlash that I saw about adults who loved Disney. There was a big backlash, like grow up already. You're 30 years old. Disney is for children, and which is something that, that has been discussed within the Disney community for years now. And I thought it was interesting to think to hear what you guys thought about that take. Like, is Disney really just for kids? And are these adults being like juvenile by wanting to have Mickey and Minnie at their wedding in lieu of feeding their guests? I stumped them. So, uh... <laughs> Is, it's a loaded question. Is the question about the backlash or the perspective that, I mean, your perspective gonna... on things like where, where I know you don't think that Disney is just for children. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I think we all of us can agree that in our minds, it's, I, it's I will for adults say, alone as well. I will say that everybody I work with knows that I'm a big Disney fan, but I don't talk about it all the time specifically because 
I, I don't, I mean, there's no backlash. People will just say, oh, we know Michelle loves Disney or type of thing. And I even right. write it, like if I'm teaching an online course, you know, about me, I like to run and play piano and I like Disney. And I can't tell you how many students will email me. I like Disney too. I like Disney too. We're going, you know, type of thing. But, you know, I, I feel like just with any interest, if I were to talk about, I don't know, like the technology in my house ad nauseum, it would yeah. irritate people. So I think you, you can go overboard with whatever your interest is and you have to read the room. So, yeah. But I mean, even so, just the, the, the mean most basic concept is that like people are saying Disney is for kids, it's for families to bring their kids and enjoy and be magical. Uh, parent or adults who go alone are weird. Yeah. I don't think they've given it. I don't think they've seen one thing I say right away to people who say that I have a good friend, another college professor, Heather, who said, well, I'm going to give my kids to you. One thing I say is, do you know, there are over 130 restaurants at Disney? And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, 130 restaurants. You know how many of them I could go to when I took my kids? <laughs> Not many. So yeah, yeah. even just that. And hey, do you know, do you have you been to Disney Springs lately? So, Mike, what do you think? So, all right, here we go. Everybody put your seatbelts on. This is where, cue, cue the music. Yeah, right. <laughs> cue uh, the Disney music. A while back, I recorded a uh, soliloquy, I guess you'd call it, for the podcast. And I talked about talked about the Disney zone and, and what it is. And it was something that was picked up by a lot of people. I think that what I was trying to say there is that Disney is, and let's just say not Disney, the, the environment that the Disney company provides for its customers, clientele, guests, whatever, is such that it helps people forget their troubles. It suspends their belief of stress, if you want to call it. It makes them forget their concerns and worries. They're being entertained. And with the legacy that has been established by the Walt Disney Company, we as adults remember things that touched us when we were kids. Bambi's mother being killed, you know, other things. And we grew up with Walt, we, well, at least I did. And I think that when someone says Disney's for kids, I don't think that person understands what the whole thing is. We know that Walt Disney World is a playground for adults as well as for children. I think that they're short-sighted. I think that they don't understand. And we all know that phrase, they don't get it. And I think that's the key here. When someone says, and Michelle, you, you're the, the person I turn to, and I've learned so much from you. When someone says something that they like, we need to respect what they like. We need to respect their, their choice. And we need to say, if that makes you happy, then that's fine. Those two people who wanted Mickey and Minnie at their wedding may have special memories growing up, going to Walt Disney World with their family or something that touched them when they were young. You know, more power to them. I don't think anybody should judge that. I don't think anybody should say that's Mickey and Minnie are for kids. When I'm down there, when all of us are down there, if we come across Mickey or Minnie or a character, you know, we go into full character mode with them because, because we remember how it was when we were growing up. And we also want to appreciate who is behind that mask. We want to we want to do that. I think that when we've been down there for, well, it was fast for reunion, whatever, and we've been with families and stuff. 
when we approach the, the characters, we put on a show for the kids. But is it really a show or is it something that just is deep inside us and we're saying we appreciate what's going on? So when someone says Disney is for kids, it's like maybe it's because it turns all of us into children again. And when we're children, we forget the craziness that's going on in this world. Mm-hmm. So that No, it's definitely a well form said. of escape. Well yes. I will say the reason I kept enjoying the Disney parks is because when I was a little kid, we would go so often and it brings back those feelings. It's just like when I watch Star Wars again as an adult, um, I get that feeling like I did when I was nine years old. It's interesting. There's different. So I'm in the comic book industry and you go to conventions and they have these adults who dress up in costume and they have a fun and on the outside, everybody makes fun and they think it's weird. But to these people, it's a form of escape, just like going to the Disney parks is. And it's a form of being different from than who you are and in a different world than you live in. A lot of people struggle with a lot of issues or are unhappy with their lives and Disney gives them a chance to forget all that and enjoy it. And I totally get it. And I think they're very... What? Oh, so go, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think they're allowed to have a Mickey and Minnie at their wedding. I, I think there's nothing wrong. I had a friend, Jack, on his 50th birthday. He had up. We were down for the races and he was running the half marathon for his... 50th birthday and he held at the 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 dance club on the boardwalk and it was fully catered and with beverages and he had mickey show up i mean he did it all and like this is you know and and because he gets that wonderful feeling from the characters and from the parks but michelle there was another part that you just you piqued my interest so i want to hear what was this other part that we were i just want to add quickly on to something that just popped into my mind too you know having been around disney fans it's sort of like i don't know the right term for it but it sort of evens everybody out i don't know what people do for a living my a lot of my disney fan friends i i have a we have a dear friend who politically is can be more opposite than us but at disney we're we speak the same language so it sort of takes out some of the stresses and you know i've met people from all walks of life and all different occupations all parts of the world i mean masayo you know our friend masayo from japan we wouldn't have that connection if it wasn't for for disney so and we wouldn't know you right (laughs) so and i wouldn't know mike so i think it's it's just a really cool way to to bring people together who may be different in every other area of their life but they just have this love for the feeling that you get when you're there. And I think it's really special. Yeah. This, this is when I wish I could do a visual with everybody who's listening, but I want everyone to imagine a grid in front of them. And on the left side of the grid, there are two lines. There's one that starts at the top and there's one that starts at the bottom. The one at the top is the, um, is the children, I guess, who are stimulated by a visit to Walt Disney World. And that stimulation is in terms of attractions and shows and the characters and everything. It's really high. And as you get older, that stimulation kind of slowly goes downward, okay, till it hits a certain crossroads. The other line is at the bottom left, and it's the adult version of it. And it's sort of uh, things like, music parades characters fireworks and stuff like that at one point those two lines intersect and that's when the child becomes the adult and the adult becomes the child or if you can if you can understand that concept as we get older i know for me as we get older it's not the attractions the rides that are important to me it's walking through that turnstile 
hearing the music, smelling the smells, being surrounded by happy people, fireworks, parades, music. Michelle will tell you, I tear up when I watch certain fireworks. You know, I really get emotional. I remember certain things. I mean, I love the nostalgia, the legacy of, of Disney. And I think that's that's where the children, that's where the child in all of us happens. I think as we get older, we tend to appreciate the different things. And that's why, you know, that's why a lot of us still hang on to this love of this environment. You know, everyone's going to have a breaking point with the, with the prices and you do what you, you need to do to make adjustments. But it's, it's really something that is hard to explain to people who don't get it. And I really feel sorry for those who cannot escape, as Michelle said, with the Disney environment. So to sort of wrap it up, I think that this is the the person whose name is Jody Eichler Levine, who is a researcher about religion. And I'm not religious. I found her take on this whole strand really interesting. So she says, what does this have to do with religion, this whole discussion? Disney fairy tale weddings have been a thing since the 90s. Disney already had a huge honeymoon market and decided to go for weddings. Thousands, if not millions, or have married or honeymooned at a Disney park or on a cruise ship. Many Disney fans I have observed in person and online find immense meaning in Disney parks. People don't just marry at Disney, they mourn lost relatives at Disney. They go to Disney to celebrate surviving cancer. They go there one for one last trip before they die. Religion is a way of making meaning in the world through stories and rituals. It's about a network of relationships with human and non-human. It is about making homes, confronting suffering. All of this happens at Disney. Cast members literally welcome you home. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I There's a lot of that. People are always searching for their guru, right? You search for somebody who kind of tells you the world's going to be okay. Or you find a community that welcomes you in and you gain something from it. Whether it's Disney or anything else. I mean, you know, in comics, there's a community. In Star Wars fandom, there's a community. I, th I think there's definitely, I mean, like there's, you know, people who get buried in Jedi uniforms or, you know, costumes and things like that. I think whatever it is that makes you feel better about your life or that you find and pull enjoyment from, I, I, I don't think it's a problem. I do find it interesting, though, it's the people you see, like, who dress up in face paint and crazy outfits going to football games will be the first to make fun of people who want to go to Disney and get that feeling. They get their, they get their, their zen, their, their joy from a football game or, you know, or, you know, whatever else that's out there that makes people happy. I, 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 I think faulting people for the joy they gain from Disney is, is a bad precedent to set because you're putting it down so many people who rely on that and gain so much from it. Like you said, we've great, I've gained so many friends from the Disney community. I do still get that feeling. Like I'll watch an old Disney, you know, Disneyland broadcast, you know, and, and get a thrill and get that feeling like I did when I was a kid. And I do still enjoy going to the parks. And I think the part of it too, that we forget is that people get mad at us for being so negative these days about the Disney parks, but we love Disney so much. We hate to see them fail. And that's where it's coming from. It's not coming from like, you know, people go, well, if you hate it so much, why do you do? No, we love it so much. That's why we talk about this stuff. And I think 
Um, you can hear from Mike the passion that goes into these things, you know, and I've been lucky enough to to find two really good friends through the Disney community and Mike and Michelle too. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously though, I, I think it's interesting. And and look, I don't fault this couple for, for wanting to have Mickey and Minnie. It brings them joy and in their life moving forward, they're going to have that memory that lasts forever. And it's a wonderful thing to have. I, I, like for me, I, I think of weddings. My, I always think of a, you know, you get the marriage, they get the party. Like that, that was always the way I was brought up. Is like, you know, you get married, you, you, you're, you're getting a marriage, they're getting a party. And I do wonder though if they asked for gifts from the guests. That'd be an interesting one. Would you like what kind of gift would you give if you went to a party and they said we're not serving you food or beverages? I'd give the same type of gifts that I normally would. It wouldn't. You know, I'm bad. I always if just I want, if I wanted, gift. if I wanted to give a gift, I would give a gift. So, yeah. I don't know. I. I know it. it, it look, I, it's a tough thing, and I think you and I are both on. I, I think it's the way we're approaching the thought process of of a wedding. I. I probably just put it. on a credit card and feed people too. I. I again, I said it wasn't. I, it's not a choice I would make. Right. Uh, to do it that way, but I respect their choice you know Look, they let people know i had to choose we had to choose you know you choose the food you choose the the decorations you choose the the, the napkins wow. like we had to choose everything right and there was a point where we had to decide whether we got a dj or a live band i chose a live band everybody was like just get a dj it's no big deal i got a live band because i wanted i spent the extra money i wanted my guests to have a live band which is funny as i tried to do it for them and then when we did the seating chart, we accidentally put the older people closer to the band and they were miserable because it was so loud. When all the younger people were running out to the dance floor to dance, they were like covering their ears at their table. So I screwed up, but I thought I was doing it for them and I chose a band. These people chose to have Mickey and Minnie there. I, I don't fault them for that, but I tend to think if you're inviting people into your home, you provide them with you know a beverage and, and something to eat. But Chris, I'm a vegetarian. I've been to weddings where there aren't vegetarian choices. I don't. We, say, we did that. I will say we did do that. Oh, yeah, but there's other times that I've just had cake, and that's fine. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not there for the food. <laughs> My last word is that why not just have a you know have the the groom and the, the bride have Mickey and Minnie and have their wedding party at this venue to celebrate and then invite everybody via zoom or live streaming so that they can, you know, that way they can have whatever food they want at home. They don't have to travel or whatever. I don't know. That could be something down the road. Maybe talk to about that. Yeah. I mean, it's a very interesting argument and it, it, it extends into the Disney world, but it also extends into like, what is the proper etiquette at a, at a wedding and what, what is it you want and what is it you expect if you're going to be a guest? But have you ever been to a Disney wedding? Have you been ever been down there when somebody's had, gotten married? Only like tangentially with our friend who's who might be working an event, walking by and giving her a hug. But yeah, I, <laughs> that's I, it I, for I did, me. I remember walking by that boardwalk area yeah. and she was there supervising a wedding and it was just the groom and the, the bride and Daisy and Donald. And that was it. And the photographer. And that was it. And I remember giving her a hug and everything. Saying, "What's going on?" She said, "That's all they wanted was Disney." And hey. So she she runs the whole gamut from small to crazy. It's interesting. I don't know if I could ever do that to a Disney wedding. I mean, I'm already married, so you know, once I ditch my current wife and get a new one, I'll have to go down to Disney and see if I can do that. But yeah, two point 
The 2.0 version. Yeah, the wedding 2.0. My poor wife will be like, excuse me. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's more to discuss and we could probably go on for days in terms of discussing, you know, what's the right thing? Because I think you and I are, are on different ends of the... I'm, no, I think it's that I agree that they can... It's their wedding. They can do what they want to do. My approach to weddings is you should treat them as your guests and you're just going like, F it all. It's my wedding. I'll do whatever I want. And if you want to be there, you can be there. I would hope that, that this person told them specifically like yeah there'll be food there but you're paying for it like i'm like i had people saying is it a pay bar or is it open coming to my wedding like people asked me like it was amazing like how forward some people can be too when we were getting married people like again you know it's also friends and money and and they were like okay if i'm coming am i getting fed am i getting beverages for free i had i actually had a friend who had asked how much of how much is what is a normal gift for the, for a wedding, which is awkward. And yeah. so at the time- A million dollars. Well, I tried to be nice and I said, look, the way I was told, because I didn't know anything, my wife and her mother kind of gave me the whole hoop scoop was, uh, you cover your plate, right? So you pay whatever the plate was, you you, you pay back your plate. So he's like, what? And then his next question was, what was your plate? What's your what's the plate cost? And I said, I, I don't remember, it was $100, $125, whatever it was. And he goes, okay, sorry, can't make it. And I was like, hey, that's fine. I, you know, and I said, you do not have to give a gift. No one is expecting you to give a gift, but these are the things that go through people's mind. I know, I don't know about you guys in your past, but my father, we forced us to write down the gifts from everybody, from what they gave so that when he was invited to their kids' weddings, he would know whether <laughs> to give them a good gift or a bad gift, depending on what they give. Yeah. It, it gets into very weird details, like in terms of, you know, especially up here in the Jersey area, people get very particular about these kind of deals. You know, like I remember like he, my father was looking through the book and he's like, what, they get, only gave you this much? Ah, I've gotten to to three of their weddings and I gave them so much money, screw this. And I was like, whoa. So it can get contentious. So, and actually the woman did pull down that posting because I guess it, she got, she felt really bad. So I hope, oops, she's feeling better after getting ripped apart. So any last words before we, we call it a day? Michelle? I think the aunt should not have done it. No. <laughs> I think we're in agreement in that or, part. Or, yeah, I if think you that don't, My of, mother used to say, if you don't have something nice to say, uh, don't, that, don't say anything that, wrong. That door didn't have to be opened, yeah. especially in public. Oh, yeah. definitely not in public. And, and, and well, I think she was wrong too to even bring it up in public too, but her aunt had already done that, so... But all right, I think we're going to leave it there for now. Uh, hopefully in the near future, you guys are going back down. Speaking of Disney World, maybe we'll have a little discussion about your plans and preparations for your trip. We won't get too specific, but we'll, Mike is a history of creating a multi-page PowerPoint presentation for their trip. So uh, maybe we'll get an insight into the mind of Mike Scopa as we move forward. But in the meantime- Multimedia, multimedia. Yeah, well, you got video and everything. Audio. Excel have, spreadsheets. I actually do and, have audio today. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, great. Oh, I have to get into this. I, we're going to have a big, I'm going to just interview about this. So, but in the meantime, this is going to wrap it up for this episode of Mickey Mouse and more. For Dr. Michelle Scrimmer McLean, Dean of Disney Mike Scopa, I'm Chris Eliopoulos. We'll see you on the road and in the park. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode of the Mickey Miles and More podcast. For all of us here at the Mickey Miles and More podcast, this is Rick Gregg saying thanks for listening and all your support. And until next time, we'll see you on the road. Rap Papyrus.